What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode 74, and we've got a lot of news to talk about this week. I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, just to go ahead and uh, preface this, no Superman and Lois. You know, here we are again without the show. Two episodes left, and uh, we still don't have anything. But I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with yeah. my favorite co-host and good friend, Mr. Chris Rivers. Chris, what's, what have you decided about this news? Are you excited? Um, you know, to have one less show to review this week, or uh, you're pretty bummed out like I am because I can't stand it. Tell you what, to keep this up, we'll have one less show to review. Period. Right. Um, I just don't see. I like I, I got it. You know, a few months ago when they were dealing with COVID outbreak on set and, and stuff, and you go, okay, whatever. These last two episodes are in the can. There's no reason mm-hmm. not to air them. Um, they're losing their audience, and I have a feeling next year is going to be the end. Yeah, I can see it, especially with uh, how we've been talking about all the CW shows being canceled recently. Yeah, so maybe it finds a life on HBO Max somewhere down the line, but I don't uh, see that happening quite yet. So yeah, I mean, well, with HBO Max, we don't ever deal with delays like this. No, so. you get a whole season. Well, they, oh, they do weekly episodes, don't they? They do yeah. them weekly, but they don't delay Mm-mm. for no reason. Because like they record them and they're done. They say we're ready for them, and here you go. Yep. Uh, quick housekeeping before we get into our shows that actually aired this week. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know how we can improve this show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers there for three different payment plans. A lot of different goodies for each different tier if you want to go that route. Um, we had a random pop-off on one of our videos. It was two or three weeks ago. We had 355 views on it. Don't know why. Don't know what happened. Don't know how we got into I, that YouTube algorithm. <laughs> not complaining no, at all. Not, not complaining, but it happened and... Um, just doing it routinely, looking at the the numbers check, and that happened, and I said, I don't know what happened. So here we are. So, all right, Chris, how's your week been? Been, been pretty good. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing too crazy. Start my job tomorrow, so you're excited. You got your first uh, first day jitters. Yeah, <laughs> I've already got my little backpack and lunchbox. Right. <laughs> Ready for my to first school, day. Off to school. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my box of pencils. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually checked out that YouTube channel you recommended. Uh, was it last episode or two episodes ago? I think it was last uh, week. Might have been. And I watched um, the vlogging through history, and I watched three or four different videos on Gettysburg. And that guy is, yeah. is really cool. I like him a lot. Yeah. Like he, he goes yeah. on location, and he's also got videos of him just sitting down. Um, we're reacting. talking to his Patreon people, reacting to things. It was pretty cool. I really liked him. Yeah. He definitely got a subscriber out of me, so thank you for that recommendation. Absolutely. Have you checked out the gaming channel yet? I did not check out that yet because I have been, or about to talk about, I've been watching a lot, a lot, a lot, a of, lot of stuff. And yeah. just not, not Superman and Lois, though. Not Superman and Lois. I met this week. At, <laughs> God, maybe so here I am on Father's Day, you know, doing my Sunday routine. Got a cup of coffee, sit down, pull up the TV, pull up Superman and Lois, and there's nothing recorded. I said, huh. I said, maybe there was a glitch in my recording, you know, didn't DVR it or anything. And I went to the actual uh, show page, and there was no new episode. So I was like, oh, all right, we're doing this again. So, But we have yeah. confirmation they are doing an episode this week, and 
We'll see. We'll see what's yeah. about. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but other than that, Chris, have you been watching anything other than our shows? TV? Did I watch anything new? No. I think I just watched our shows this week. Yeah. Because uh, I, I dipped my toe into... It's a game that came out a few years ago, but I just started messing with it here. What's that? What is it? We'll we'll get to that in two more seconds. You don't want to future spoil it. I love it. So I have been watching a lot of media, um, movies and TV. Uh, We finally finished The Circle Season 4. We were only down like a couple episodes. Finally finished it. One of my favorite seasons other than Season 1 and 2. Season 3 is not that good to me. Um. Finally finished The Last Kingdom, the series finale. This The last season came out, like I think, March or April. And I didn't see, purposely didn't watch the last four episodes because I don't ever want things to end. We're at a stopping point in the series, well, in the season. I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time to watch this. And, you know, three months later, here I am, finally finished it. Didn't cry, teared up quite a bit. I really yeah. enjoyed that series. Love Vikings, and especially when it's told really well. And mm. then... I also started Doctor Who back again, uh, finished season 12 this week, actually finished it today, and started season 13, which is the most recent one. I've only got like seven more episodes of it, and I'll be done and caught up, and then I'm just going through all my backlog, and I've got like a list on my phone of all the TV shows I, ha- I need to watch, so I've just got on the backlog now, and so just whatever tickles my fancy. But other than that, we've, you know, no Superman and Lois. And Miss Marvel and the Boys is, I mean, I watched a lot of TV this week, I feel like. Because Last Kingdom I only watched on the big screen with surround sound. And Doctor Who is what I watched while I was working. No, I'm sorry, while I was doing something on another computer. Not working. Mm. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's listening. Mm. All right. Yeah. I want to talk about it. Miss Marvel Episode 2, titled Crush. We're going back to Geeks and Gamers because I really enjoy their reviews. And this one is by Alex Gerzo again. The best parts are cruise. I'm gonna go see where I want to start again. Uh, All right. The best parts of Crush are the ones that show uh, Kamala trying to be a superhero. Early on, there's a montage of her practicing creating those platforms she used while Bruno assists her, however he can. It's fun and energetic, similar to Peter Parker figuring how to do whatever a spider can in Spider-Man, and it's rough for her. Kamala is not instantly good at being super, and she falls on her face a lot while slowly getting better. Bruno even points out in one scene how she saved him from an accident she caused. It's not deeply serious, but it doesn't have to be. Nobody gets hurt, and the acknowledgement that she's a bit too reckless right now is enough. It also comes into play towards the end of the episode when a little boy is about to fall to his death and Kamala tries to save him. It's a great moment, the kind we all love as superhero stories, but it ends with Kamala allowing a kid to fall through one of her many energy platforms because she's busy striking a superhero pose for the applauding crowd. Kamala is far from perfect, but she already had her, which already makes her a better character than her idol. Once again, though, however, no one else is particularly engaging. Bruno is still a stock, nothing character, there to be a bland so Kamala can look cooler. I think we're supposed to be rooting for him and Kamala to fall in love, but it's impossible to care. Her family remains a group of silly caricatures who try so hard to be personable they come off as the embarrassing dad at a party. If it were just one, like her dad, maybe it might work better, but it's all of them. Well, all except her mother, who rises above the obnoxious Bon Jovi scene uh, to have at least a little depth. Her friend, actually, we learn her cousin... Uh, Nakia, who was in the premiere for all of 10 seconds, has a bigger part this time, and she has more to work with than the rest of the supporting cast, but it quickly devolves into a silly comedy and Kamala falling over what an amazing model she is. So, I think this was a, a good episode that 
like he said in his in his review here that the Spider-Man s things that we love about Spider-Man figuring out his powers and everything. Sitting on top of that rooftop was funny. Her uh, falling and dangling there with Bruno trying to help her up, and it was just like a three, you know, two foot drop. <laughs> I thought it was really fun. You have to let me go. Right. Um, <laughs> it was like they had a lot of good moments in this one. Obviously, the the kid at the end. I'm trying to remember his name. Well, it's not to be the love interest that happened to pull up. Let's um, see. What was his name? Trying to find it. I'm struggling here. I started with a K, I think, right? Yeah. Not Kronos. <laughs> Kronos. <laughs> Cameron with a K. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it says the subplot about Cameron accomplishes better than anything else. Cameron's a handsome guy. Kamala, meet, Kamala meets at the party, and despite her bumbling like a charm, they hit it off immediately. Sony's taking her out, letting her drive his car, and helping her lie to her brother, who's a complete idiot, I guess. But what she's doing in a diner with a boy. About the final moments when a damage control agent was trying to arrest her for having superpowers on a license or whatever, Cameron magically pulls up in his car and rescues her. Uh, in the back seat is Cameron's mother, the woman in Kamala's visions, who is probably Aisha. Their chance meeting was no accident. We finally get the sense that something bigger is going on in the background of the show. I hope the next episode leaves the silly non-character building stuff behind and jumps into the plot because it's way past time to get the show moving. I agree. So we only have four episodes, yeah. right? And we still so, have no real villain sense or really anything. Right. So, Other than the main girls vibe mm-hmm. from uh, What's-Her-Face. Uh, yeah, it's so what's funny is they she and this guy are out at a deli or something, right? Coffee right. shop, whatever. And her brother catches him and she, she tells him that this is their cousin. And the funny thing is, is that they end up being related. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's a weird so show. Her great <laughs> grandmother, right? Right. Is his mother. It's it's very weird how, I mean, because I mean, that's a direct relation. So I don't understand how, like, what's that name? Nar- Nadia, maybe is the Nina Nakia. Mm, no, Nakia's a cousin. There's a lot of names to remember, and it's a whole lot of new characters for us. But I enjoyed this episode. I still really enjoyed because they even had to text things again where she was texting Cameron and like on the on her. Um, bedspread design was the text message flow going on and it was yeah. it was just very cool and we got to see a lot more of her powers and it just happened at the end i did enjoy the the saving scene with the little boy why the little yeah. boy is at the top of that tower anyways with an open window i will never understand but i guess just it was in the script selfies. yeah it was in the script i mean um he starts to fall out he would have already fallen because we know that kid would not hold on to that grip that long while she's trying to crawl over the buildings um, cool that she saved him. I saw him jump, I mean, fall, and I'm pretty sure he's got some broken uh, spine uh, going on back there when he hit that car. But that's just <laughs> just my thoughts. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed this episode. Uh, I liked how she took the time to change into her mm-hmm. costume. Yep. Spray paint and all. <laughs> Airbrush and all, excuse me. <laughs> like, this this kid's hanging on for dear life. And, right. well, I don't want them to know who I am, so let me put this on real quick. You know, like they at least with Spider-Man, Superman characters like that, 
um, we typically get that they wear it underneath or like with some of um, the Stark tech, uh, Peter can just, you know, flip right into his Spidey suit without mm-hmm. having to change clothes. So um, that was interesting. I like the show so far. I know some people, I think they said viewership's down. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's in part because of the slow start and in part because this is such a new character. I think that has, because it had really, I mean, Moon Knight was the same way, but it didn't have the highs that Miss Marvel did for the premiere. And I wonder if, and I don't want to say it's because all the, the, the faithful out there. They're like, oh, this right. is a new faith, and we're not having our kids be any part of this and not watch it. Like um, my cousins, this is totally separate, but I, you know, they they asked if I was watching. I said, yeah, I really enjoy it. I said it does have like a a Disney Channel Nickelodeon feel to it, and they haven't watched it yet. They said, do we really need to? And I was like, eh, right now, I don't see any reason to. Um, but I said that just doesn't look interesting to you know two young teenage boys. I'm like, I get it. I mean. I don't think if at that age, I don't think I'd be interested in it either. But yeah, but before they go see the Marvels, they'll need to. Yeah, before then they'll have to, because she's going to be in it, and uh, I wonder who we're going to see. Monica Rambeau. Yeah, I think I think we'll see Rambeau at the end of this movie, at the end of the show. I'm wondering if we get Brie Larson. Don't give me hope. We haven't seen her in a long time. Uh, I saw something where apparently she's already reached as. I don't know if they were already filming the show or what, but uh, Brie Larson reached out to her. I think it was mm. like FaceTime with her and stuff. Good for her. Uh, I did. I did see a little news story about this show, by the way, where they said that. Of course, they always make the headline kind of clickbait, mm-hmm. and it said Kevin Feige was upset with mm-hmm. her about about how she watched previous Marvel properties or something because mm-hmm. she was it was she was watching them on her phone. Yeah, she was watching WandaVision on her tablet in between takes. Yeah. And I think it was one of the people filming or one of the producers. I said she was interrupting scenes because she was shouting about something that happened in WandaVision. And Kevin Feige was upset with her that not that she was interrupting or anything like that, but that she was watching it on a tablet and not a TV screen. He said, this was yeah. meant for the TV, not for your tablet. <laughs> and I was like, that, that's, that's a Kevin Feige thing to do, too. But yeah. it just cracks me up because she's a, she's a huge fan like everybody else is. I mean, she's only 19 years old. And, and she's just a huge fan. And it, it shows wherever she goes, whatever she does. And I think she's honestly a great addition to, um, to the MCU. And I can't wait to see where she goes forward from here. <sighs> Miss Marvel. That was episode two. Now, this one, I'm really excited to talk about. I'm excited to talk uh-huh. about this one every week. This next week, more importantly, I'm really excited to talk about. The Boys Season 3, Episode 5, The Last Time to Look on This World of Lies. It's a long title. Don't recommend that. Going back to Geeks and Gamers by Virginia Kublawi. And this is more of a review, but we'll talk about it as we go. It's hard to believe we're already past the halfway mark in Season 3. After just three weeks, it feels like the season is going by faster than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, that may just be because I'm enjoying it a lot more. This is the tensest an episode of TV has had me in a while. The last time to look on the world of lies has been genuinely worried about multiple characters. Even other shows I enjoy, like Stranger Things, feel low stakes because nobody important ever dies. But on the boys, anything can happen. The episode opens with M.M. accusing Butcher of not caring about the boys, much like the end of the last episode. 
The Vought board meeting is also unnerving. I thought Homelander might kill the woman who asked him about Vought's stock dropping. This is proof that Homelander made a mistake in replacing Stan Edgar with his puppet CEO and Ashley. Uh, this uh, goes on to write, um, I hate Ashley so much, so it sucks to see her rise so far in her career. Actress Colby Menifee does a fine job in the role, but Ashley is intentionally annoying and frustratingly selfish. This woman is literally willing to let Homelander kill Maeve just so she can have a nominal position in the world's most corrupt company. I keep hoping and expecting that Homelander will kill her, but she's just enough of a bootlicker for him to keep her around. Back to the board meeting. <laughs> what a rant. Uh, hearing one man say Homelander was restoring integrity to fight by replacing Stan Anger was hilarious. This man is either playing the game very well or is a complete idiot. Then we have the Deep becoming the head of crime analytics at Vought and lecturing his predecessor on, quote, real-world experience. I've also meant to mention how Deep's wife mouths his speeches while he speaks. Is she writing all of his material? He's an idiot, so this wouldn't be surprising. It's just a funny little detail. Butcher is a terrible influence on Maeve, breaking her four-month sobriety streak and having sex with her. That surprised me, especially after he said all the soups must go, including her. I wouldn't be turned on by someone saying I have to die for the greater good, but hey, no kink-shaming, right? <laughs> this further shows Butcher's shaky moral code and hypocrisy regarding soups. So sleep with one, help raise one, even become one, but he also thinks they all must ultimately die. I like this comment that Compound V just takes you, makes you more of what you already are. This probably intentionally reminded me of what Dr. Erkstein says at the Super Soldier Serum and Captain America the First Adventure. I'm going to stop there before we get further on. Hilarious. Like, his whole conversation with Maeve, I really do like those two um, becoming a pair, I guess. But he's, like, saying, he goes, you know, you all have to die, even you, and all this other stuff. And he breaks her sobriety of four months, and then they go into a kiss and start having some fun sex. And I'm like, I, you know, if... If I made a bingo card, that would not have been on it for this season. Uh, uh, Butcher having sex with Maeve. But, you know, here we are. And will that relationship continue? I don't know. Uh, But it'd be fun if it did. Probably going to get a lot more instances of things like that next week. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I can't wait for next week. Uh, But, you know, I... I, This is, is sort of, again we're seeing Homelander out of his depth Mm -hmm. because he's just thinking about, he wants control. He's not thinking about what those people do to keep things functioning. Right. And thinks he could do it all by himself. Yeah. That's yeah. I would just already be like, you know what? I'm done with the whole, uh, Vought thing. people controlling me or whatever. I'm just gonna do my own thing. But you know, he's also been raised in it for however many years now. It's his whole life. And I, you know, I get it. Um, The stuff with Blue Hawk was an interesting reflection of what's been happening in American politics, if not a subtle one. But the boys has never been subtle, and I think the audience knows what to expect now. Blue Hawk's retort that it's a racist to call someone racist and questioning whether he's been canceled are examples of the deflection tactics that are all too prevalent in modern discourse. You don't like something I did? Well, stop judging and labeling me, hater. The implication is that he will get away with lashing out at a group of regular civilians who just asked him a few questions. A-Train uh, may avenge his brother if he finally decides to grow a spine, but that seems unlikely. This man will stoop to any level, including using his own people as part of his brain to sell soft drinks and action figures. The boys understand the fundamental truth that many ignore. The greatest power and balance in America is, is money, not race or gender. Stormfront was a woman, and A-Train is a minority, but they don't care about any more than like them than Homelander does. They have more in common with him because they don't value human life, only power and fame. I thought... This was very well done. Uh, we are getting into a lot of modern politics, and they're not being very subtle about it at all. Um, there was an article I sent to you that 
Rolling Stones has even put on that the writers have based Homelander now over after Trump and yeah. the way that he is doing things. And I was like, that's brilliant. And I really haven't noticed it that well, but now that they say it, like you think back and you, and you watch these scenes like, yeah, yeah, he sure is. And then the whole a train story, I thought was very, very well done. And what is what happens in now in our world. And the, the whole ep- he you know, throws some people into walls. Uh, Blue Hawk does, and A Train's just kind of there, telling him to stop or whatever. And then you go to the new story after in the hospital, and he was like, "It's just uh, unruly." He said, "I was trying to, there to help," and he, th- he said Antifa, and I was like, "Oh God, this is this is exactly what's happening in, in the real world." And it was just, it was hard to um, imagine, but it, how it is now. But seeing it with superpowers and everything does not make it any better whatsoever. I was hoping to see, while that was going on uh, at, at the meeting, mm-hmm. right? I, I was hoping to see A-Train, you know, get his speed up and just... Yeah, just absolutely just kill the guy. Yeah. Yeah, but no. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. He's just, he just kept walking up to him and walk away. Mm-hmm. Walk away. It was very. You need to leave. You, you know, it's A Train's character. I have not. He's gone like up and down with me through the whole series, but this season it's been a big miss for me with him. And yeah. it's like, dude, you, you have to. Now your brother is probably not gonna be able to walk ever again, and he's got so much for the community. And it's your brother. Well, and you haven't done anything. I, I think his brother gets a dose of this uh, compound V. Mmm. Then he gets a hold of some temp V and yeah, that would be good. Yeah. See, that's something yeah. I like about the show too. You don't ever get previews for next week, so we don't really know what's and going then, on. And then probably what happens out of that, if they go that way, is his brother actually becomes a hero. Mm. Unlike a train. I'd be okay with that. The yeah. new, the new age of heroes. I just, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I mean, a train. When, when you're trying to write characters that are unlikable, there's a fine line between getting the audience to love to hate them mm-hmm. and become completely indifferent toward them, and I'm completely indifferent toward A Train. Yeah. And same same thing with the Deep. Yeah, really. I was about to say I'm the same thing. The, the Deep's got to that point. I'm like, 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 I can't. Yeah. He's, he's his last puppet, and I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I yeah. mean, season it's... season two, I liked the Deep. Cause like he had that little arc start to come up with him being in that random Utah, Minnesota, wherever he was, he had that arc start coming up. And then this, this, um, even with Timothy, the, the octopus, I was even like, okay, right. this is getting a little messed up. But then now he's just a, he's just a puppet. That's all he is. I wish, I wish they would do. So you remember heroes. Hmm? Yeah, very much. Tim, Tim Kring's original plan on that was, he was going to carry two or three characters over from season to season, but we were going to get an all-new cast every year. Mm. And then NBC stopped him from doing it because the show became a hit. They were like, you got to bring these same people back. And I kind of wish that they would do that with this show. Carry, look, you've got to carry over Homelander. Right. Starlight is going to carry over. Um, Maeve will carry over but outside of that you could kind of dispense with the deep and a train yeah. and bring someone else in 
and give us a look at different characters. Well, they kind of did, different abilities. but they killed them last week. So Right, that's the problem. Yeah. Though. And then we're right back to the characters that we don't want anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I'm sure there's more to the recap because we have a lot to get to about yeah. Huey and... Soldier Boy, Kimiko. Soldier Boy. Um, other things I liked about this episode included Kimiko's musical number, Soldier Boy's culture shock when he returns to America, and Crimson Countess working as a cam girl. Kimiko seems to have a deeper connection with musicals, having had a similar vision a few episodes ago. Maybe as someone who can't speak, she sees it as a powerful communication tool. Characters in musicals burst into song when their feelings become too speak of. She must feel feeling a lot, having her despite having lost her despite superpowers. Um, and then it just goes on to say, I like what they're doing with Soldier Boy, having him go against Hamlander, Homelander. So. I thought it was hilarious with Soldier Boy coming back to New York, of what we're assuming is the New York area, and him seeing gay couples, he's seeing different uh, nationalities and ethnicities walking around and doing things. And it's very funny because it's almost like a mirror to Captain America in the first in the at the end of his movie, where he wakes up and you know Sam Jackson's there, and he's looking at all the screens and everything in amazement. But Jensen Ackles does such a good job. He's looking at everybody with disgust and just confusion. He's like, how how is this the world that I left? Well, the the one time that he doesn't really look at someone with disgust, he passes by the gay couple. And he kind of looks back and he turns his head and he kind of, you yeah. know, like, okay. it's But um, he's taken in all the advancements in technology and mm-hmm. he's seeing people with these devices in their hands and the cars driving by he notices a couple times mm-hmm. it's but he keeps he keeps fixing his gaze on these murals of homelander mm-hmm. these advertisements with homelander and something tells me the information he found out later in the episode from the crimson countess uh that homelander was behind it mm. Does, have we know had they ever met do we know yeah, they were around the same time right the, I forget their group's name, but let's see the the video that we saw with what Soldier Boy was going through at the very very beginning had the year nineteen eighty six on it. So we might have he he probably was yeah, around. We don't know how, we don't know how long because we know Maeve has been around for decades. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Homelander probably the same. Right. So I wonder because, if what kind of history there is behind the both of them. Yeah. But, man, the super, the special effects this episode, like the whole building that he destroyed because it was playing Russian music, was phenomenal. And then you have Huey that, and, and M.M. there and everything. That was beautiful. That, that poor guy that was checking on him that was like, are you all right, mister? And then... right. Just I was like, oh no, he's about to destroy him, and sure enough, and then the whole thing with with Homelander for this episode too, and Starlight, they're all the seven were sitting there in the on floor ninety nine, and Starlight said, like, oh, we have to do something about this. We have to go down there. He said, do what? And he's like, it, you know, we'll take care of it. It's not a big deal. And she's like, it is a big deal. It's a super villain, and it's it's saying a lot to their stories and what these characters are for, and because all he's worried about is stock prices now and his ratings. And we saw a lot of that at the end of last season. Um, but the the Soldier Boy, well, let's back it up. The, the M.M. scene with his 
his daughter and his daughter's stepdad mm-hmm. was so again so what we see now in our world he even says like um the stepdad did he said hey you need to read this something i read on facebook about homeland or they're you know they're just attacking him that's not really how he is I was like, oh, my God, it's exactly like COVID-19. Everyone said, oh, I read this on Facebook, and that's not how it really is when, you know, someone like me has been in the hospital and I'm living, you know, living it. And it, it was so that great because, like, hat. that whole household is praising Homelander and loves everything he does. Like, he's a new Jesus and everything. And But M.M. Well, knows really how he is. Yeah, her stepdad needs a little red hat. Yeah, uh, he would wear it with, with pride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I was kind of hoping MM would just go off on him. Yeah. Like, physically, just annihilate this guy, which would shove his daughter further away. But, yeah. Well, especially because he's so, because he kept having flashbacks in the head of, um, of his past with, with his family. And, yeah. Oh, man. I'm trying to, oh, I hate. Oh, and I, I, I love the fact that, can't remember the word he used. If he said shit, I think he said shit, and the the stepdad is like, uh, should you be using that language in right. front of her? Homelander's saying worse than that on the TV, <laughs> right? And, and you're supporting him it. and backing him and everything. <laughs> oh man! All right, I got an actual full recap breakdown because I want to, because the ending scene of this is is pretty big. Um, the yeah. boys head to Crimson Countess's place where they restrain her watch for Soldier Boy. They don't even talk about like the good stuff with some of this thing, which just cracks me up. Um, yeah, the, uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. I laughed so hard at that. And she said, because um, there's, there's monkeys everywhere because she's doing this whole monkey conservator, conservatory type thing. And he, he gets the lotion it starts like play, it starts playing with himself, and I, you know, she's a cam girl and everything. And I was laughing so hard because you know he's very invested in this show, and he's in every single uh-huh. season. And I don't think this is gonna be the last time we see him. I I could see him being in this next week's episode somehow, some way. Um, and I laughed have, so hard. Know, maybe they have a funeral for the Crimson Countess, and he shows up. Right, just or like a <laughs> memorial. Oh, God, I can't wait, man. It's going to be. So the boys head to Crimson Countess's place where they restrain her away for Soldier Boy. And he shows up having been called by M.M. A butcher winds up drugging M.M. to stop him from killing Soldier Boy the moment he sees him. Just as M.M. loses consciousness, Soldier Boy appears. Butcher tells him Crimson Countess is there, but he wants to make a deal with him. A team up, as he says. Soldier Boy enters the trailer to find Crimson Countess, whom he admits he loved and felt betrayed by when she didn't come to save him from the Russians. He might have loved her, but she didn't feel the same. I hated you, she says. We all did. With that, Soldier Boy uses his powers to level the entire tra- entire trailer park, leaving a smoking on fire ruin. Um, in the aftermath, Annie, Huey, Butcher, and Soldier Boy all come face to face. Butcher carries the unconscious MM from the wreckage. Huey formally takes his side. He's with Butcher, even though he knows the guy's methods are questionable. Quote, we needed a weapon. Soldier Boy is that weapon. He explains to an aghast Annie. She's heartbroken and tells him he's teaming up with a murderer. He says it's the only way he can save her from Homelander. He offers her to come with them. So unsurprisingly, she won't. He leaves, and that's the end of the episode, and maybe also of their relationship. Yeah, so. She tells him she doesn't need him to save her. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, she needs him. Right. And Yeah, she said, I just need Huey, is what she says. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and it, it's uh, well, it's because it's so well written. Though. I mean, I, I get it from a psychological standpoint. He, his old girlfriend, his old fiance, died by one of the heroes because he couldn't do anything, and he still can't do anything. Now that he's got he, this it, temp V, it's he's like, I can yeah. protect you now, and she's like, I don't need that. So. Right. He's he's got abilities. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he he also never processed mm-hmm. his old girlfriend's nope. uh, death. Because he was still seeing her. He was seeing visions of her. Mm-hmm. And when he was starting to talk to Annie, and they never really did anything with that. They just right. stopped having the visions happen. I think it'd be better if they had him occasionally see her still. Yeah, still have that conscious um, block or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, next week episode is the the big one, Herogasm. And for those of you who don't know, that is the... The big episode in the comics, well, the big comic, the comics they do once a year. It's the where Vaughn has his island. All the soups go there for a giant orgy, and as definitely much, a not safe for work episode. No, I mean none of these really are, but this one is. I I feel like this one's going to be to the next level, and yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> it's taken them three seasons to get to it. Right. Honestly, they got the audience now. They're like, "Hey, we can do anything we want to." At this point, yeah, I want to start yeah. um, getting like trade paperbacks for the comics. Same thing with Invincible, which I can't wait for that show to come back. But and start following the source material with it, just because I really enjoy the property so much. Do you think? Do you think Maeve and Butcher are a regular thing now? See, I don't uh-huh. know. I want them to be. I would like them to be because that'd be a, that's a fun little twist and dynamic. Because I mean, yeah, you could even I say mean, to MM, you know, somehow that that night comes up or their relationship, and MM truly loses it because he's like, "You hate soup so much that you'll kill any any one of them," but you're but you're banging Maeve, you know what I mean? And right. I'm like, well, you know, Huey's not so much the bad guy here anymore with uh, no. the soup relationship. But no. what do I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you've got. That sort of, I don't know if you'd want to call it hypocrisy, but I mean, it, it's been around him anyway because of Kamiko, mm-hmm. right? And her abilities, but Frenchie was with her. Right. And they they were all cool with her, though, because she never gave him any issues. Yeah, she was part of the boys. Right. So. And they're kind of okay with Annie. Right. Because she's on their side. But, yeah, I don't know how they would deal with Maeve. Mm. I can't. It's going to be such – I can't wait for more of these episodes. I love the boys, and I'm glad they were like a, a yearly show and not a, one of these shows we have to wait three or four years for. So We're, we're going to have to figure something out, though, man, because we have three episodes of this left. Right. Two episodes of Superman and Lois. We yep. have four episodes of Miss Marvel. So in four weeks, we won't have any TV. Oh, we're going to have to find something to watch. Because She-Hulk yeah. will be at the end of July. So yeah, we'll have a couple so. of weeks without anything to review. We don't uh, We don't know when Season 2 of Invincible is going to hit. Mm-mm. I don't think they've started that yet. Mm. I'd figure it out. Uh, yeah, we'll figure something out. But until then, Loki Season 2 is now filming, by the way. They started filming this past week. Also, Ironheart is now filming at the same time, so I'm very curious to see 
how they're split in between two different projects of filming right now. But they're going to make it work because it's MCU and Kevin Feige. Yeah. Next story I got here, Wonder Man series is in the works at Disney+. Plus. We're going to the Hollywood Reporter by Boris Kitt. Wonder Man is the latest Marvel superhero to get the screen treatment. Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't know who this is at all. So, let's get your Wonder Man. Um, I know Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten director, filmmaker Dustin Daniel Cretton has teamed up with Andrew Guest, a writer, producer, and comedy such as Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Community. Both top shows for me, by the way. Community, I watch to go sleep every night. Um, the tackle yeah. a live action series featuring a longtime Marvel character. Guests will serve as head writer of the series, while Cret will executive produce and possibly direct an episode or more. Cret is working uh, very, via his overall deal with Marvel Studios, signed late last year in the glow of Shane Chi's success. The two will act as co creators for the series. Uh, development for what's being titled Wonder Man is in the early stages, but if things crackle, cameras could be rolling later this year. I saw something. I can't remember what website had it. So I don't know if it was actual speculation or just fan casting, but mm. they wanted Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I haven't heard anything of, because this is the only thing that's come out of it is that they're making it. Right. And it says he was 1980s. The character really came into his own, known as Simon Williams. He was a founding member of the Los Angeles-based West Coast Avengers. And with a look that included a turtleneck and a red jacket and sunglasses, became a celebrity thanks to his day job as an actor and stuntman. Okay. See, what what makes me, which we'll, we'll get to this in the uh, in the film news, but uh, where are they going, right? Because we mm -hmm. know we're getting the Thunderbolts. They've got the makings for a Young Avengers. Right. But they've also got the makings for a West Coast Avengers. Yeah, because you got Shang-Chi over there now. And they've got the makings for the Dark Avengers. Mm -hmm. Are we going to have all these different Avenger factions and then they, they Make clash? Make fight Civil War again style? I don't know. We, there's, there's, there's a lot there's they could the, do. There's the rumor of Secret Wars. Mm -hmm. Which I think is what's going to be the next saga. Cause, I mean, they're setting it up. The, well, Secret Wars we are getting um, in the Nick Fury TV show. Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, that's right. Are we... Will Secret Wars be kind of the Phase 4 or Phase 5 blow-off? Or will it be the overarching... Right. This is what this entire phase led to. Mm. See, I don't know. And that's, and that's something to me, too. You know, how many shows... Well, not many shows. How many movies did we have before the Avengers happened? So we had Iron Man 1 and 2... We had the Incredible Hulk with Thor, Captain America. I think that's it, right? So essentially we had five movies before the, Avengers. The first yes, one. I think. And I mean now we've got Spider-Man No Way Home, WandaVision, Loki, Moon Knight, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, Miss Marvel, we'll have She-Hulk, we'll have Doctor Strange. I mean, they are. There's, there's no Avengers movie in the lineup, is what I'm trying to get to. And I'm right. like, when, when are we going to get that big momentum? That we know. Wait, well, true. There's, there's a bunch of untitled projects that are already on the calendars. So. Yeah, Eternals. Uh, we know Fantastic Four is coming. Mm -hmm. So we assume that we're going to get a Doctor Doom at some point. Will oh. they do that just within the movies, or will they set it up with a TV show? Right. That's a lot. Uh, 
a lot we don't know per se. But something I do know, Jon Snow. Last news story I got wow. here. HBO developing a Game of Thrones sequel series following Jon Snow with Kit Harington. Going back to The Hollywood Reporter by James Hibbard. You know nothing about HBO's post-Game of Thrones plans. The network has entered into early development on its first sequel to its blockbuster fantasy drama, a live-action spinoff series centered on the fan-favorite character Jon Snow, the Hollywood Reporter, Hollywood Reporter has learned. Kit Harington is attached to reprise the role should a series move forward. The actor was twice nominated for an Emmy for his portrayal of an action hero who struggles to uphold his family's noble values in a brutal world. In Thrones 8th and final season, spoilers by the way, Jon Snow discovered his true name was Agent Targaryen, a potential heir to Iron Throne. In the series finale, he was exiled from Westeros and journeyed north of the Wall with the Wildlings to leave his old life behind. You know, so he's gonna be busy, right? Yeah, because he's the Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Whenever they decide to do something with that again. See, and and that makes me think we could get Excalibur. Mm-hmm. Captain Britain and all of them. Right. Nightcrawler. Blade. Part of that. I mean, it's. What am I excited about this? Eh, would I watch it? A hundred percent, yes. Just like I'm gonna watch the the new House of Dragons that's coming out in August. Yeah. Um, is my expectations high? No, it's actually quite low because uh, they've really butchered season eight in the series in the season finale. So, well, we'll see. I mean, Kit Harington coming back is great, and I'm sure he loves playing that character because I mean, it's what made him particularly big and put the spotlight on him as well so right met his wife and his wife yep met his wife um had relations with his wife on screen releases this week wednesday june 22nd the umbrella academy season three comes to netflix and i can't be any more excited because that's another show i get to particularly binge it's one of those shows that i like but it's 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 one of those binge shows i really don't have to pay attention to it that much so Mm -hmm. Well, then that, that's it for TV with no Superman and Lois. That's it. Mm-hmm. Two of our three shows did not let us down. Right. One of them just... Continuously lets us down. <laughs> we st- I, I saw another article, by the way, before we get into movies. Might have been on comicbook.com. And they said, we still don't know who who owns and runs the Daily Planet now. It's weird that they haven't addressed it because it's such a big piece of Clark and Lois's yeah, background. Like they hardly even talk about it. Uh, their one of their theories was Jimmy Olsen. Mm. Even though he left to do his own thing, maybe he came back and took it over. Yeah, because he left it at his own thing as a uh, somewhere like some in his hometown. Yeah, kind of like what Lois is doing. <sighs> but you know, none of these people exist for some reason. What do I know? That's how I feel. What do I know? Um, all right. Let me pull this up here. First off, while I'm doing this, have you watched any other movies? I sure did. Watched a little movie that had a 14, uh, 16% on Rotten Tomatoes when I watched it called Morbius with Jared Leto and Matt Smith. Oh, no. Um. Well, how rotten was it? I don't think it was as bad as people are making it out to be. It, it's not a, it's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie either. It's a, it's it's I you know it's I. Uh, did it have some laughable plot lines? Yes, 
was the CGI really bad at some points? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, it was. It wasn't really cool at a lot of the times. It very much was. The, the way that made his powers was really cool. Um, the plot really didn't hold up. And the post-credit scenes was atrocious and made absolutely no sense. And they threw it together, I think, just to throw it together. And it, it bothered me. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, it, it was okay movie. I gave it a two and a half stars on Letterboxd. So. Not, not terrible. So would you say it's more one of those films that if you're doing a binge of all Marvel-related movies, you'll watch it? No. But otherwise, Absolutely. you're probably not going to. No, I'm putting it right up there with the Venom movies. Um, does it doesn't need to be viewed more than the one time, if you will. So oh, I was, wow. I was making sure I put it in my letterbox. So. All right. Wow. <laughs> and, oh, and I also watched Dodgeball because it was the 18th year reunion of um, – or anniversary of Average Joe's beating the Purple Cobras. At the yeah. Las Vegas National uh, Dodgeball Tournament, so there you go. I had to introduce that let to the me, kids. <laughs> let me say to anyone watching or listening, though, by all means, any movie we do, no matter what our opinions are, check it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Form your own opinion. It might be your thing. Yeah. It was. It was, it was, um, it was okay. Morbius was fine, but just most movies. Most movies are worth at least the one watch. Mm-hmm. That's just, what this one was worth. It was. It was worth. I mean, I thought it was. Decent. Just, I hate that Jared Leto is getting all these crappy roles. Yeah, and they're flopping for him. So. Well, you know what's funny is a lot of the stuff that he's missed on has been the superhero-related stuff. Like mm-hmm. when he's when he's taken dramatic roles, he's tended to do really well with it. So I don't know. He doesn't need but, to do anything for Warner Brothers or Sony anymore. I'm just gonna put that. But he he hasn't. He hasn't been cast by Kevin Feige yet, mm-hmm. so that's why he hasn't found that perfect fit. I don't, I don't know if he will, because uh, Morbius is a part of the Venom universe, so we're not gonna, yeah, discuss that with the, with the post credit scene as well. It's just like yeah, he's, this is he's not gonna have anything else. So, well, but it's this Venom doesn't. All this say. Venom doesn't. So Venom and Morbius, Morbius take place in the same universe, but they don't take place in the Tom Holland Spider-Verse. They do. Because of what we saw before. Yeah. And it kind of, quote-unquote, kind of carries over to the end post credit of this movie. They, they, they just need to, Sony needs to give the rights up. Mm-hmm. And say, here, Marvel, do what you're gonna do with yeah. this. Here, just however much you want to pay us for it, we'll take one lump sum, and you can have all the Spider-Man rights. Yeah, but here we are. I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> all right, so our movie, <laughs> our, our movie this week uh, was actually a really good one. How many of Adam Sandler's movies have we covered now? <laughs> I don't want to count anymore. <laughs> I, I feel like we should have him on for an interview. Right. Right. Because we do every single movie of his that comes out at this point. We Actually, <laughs> what we need to do is go back and do all the old ones. Oh, see. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. But we did make a Billy I mean, Madison reference this, this episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> so probably not back to back to back to back right. weeks. You know, we'll break them up. But yeah. Um, so this week we watched Hustle. 
came out June 3rd of this year on Netflix, so I don't know how spoilery we want to get. Um, uh, it's not really a spoilery movie, though. I yeah, like. that's that's where I'm at. I'm like, it's... You're going to watch it to see the performances. Mm-hmm. And if you're a basketball fan, you're going to watch for all... God, I think they had... There's so one, many cameos. 100, maybe, cameos throughout the movie mm-hmm. from people from the basketball world. Did not see Michael Jordan show up. Nope. So this movie would have been ten times better if Jordan was in it. Or LeBron James, and he was executive see, producer do... on it. Yeah, he, so. he. I saw that he was... I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to take the plot from Wikipedia, and we'll just go with whatever it spoils. Okay. Because, again, there's, there's not really a... There's not really a mystery or twist or anything like that here. I get a very, very tiny one at the end. Um, so, Adam Sandler plays a character named Stanley Sugarman. He's a jaded international scout for the Philadelphia 76ers of the National Basketball Association, living life on the road in search of future stars. His frequent travel takes a toll on his wife, Teresa, who's played by Queen Latifah, and daughter Alex, while he's liked by 76ers owner Rex Merrick, Robert Duvall, he clashes philosophically with Rex's son, Vincent. Rex promotes Stanley to assistant coach, which will allow him to remain at home with his family. The same evening, however, Rex passes away, leaving Vince in charge of the team. Three months later, Vince returns Stanley to his position as scout, sending him overseas to find a new star. Stanley meets with his former college teammate, Leon Rich, Former NBA player Kenny Smith, one of the many cameos here, well, not in his case, not a cameo, but who encourages him to leave the 76ers and join him as a player agent. After Stanley's plan to scout another player in Spain falls through, he finds himself watching a local pickup game where he's stunned by an unknown player who shows incredible talent. Stanley attempts to speak with the man, Bo Cruz, but is rebuffed until he makes a FaceTime call to Dirk Nowitzki to prove his legitimacy. Bo and his mother, Paola, recount his life story. He was a talented player from an early age and invited to play in America at age 15, but stayed in Spain after his girlfriend became pregnant with his daughter, Lucia. Bo now works construction and makes extra money hustling at basketball. After an impressive workout with members of the Spanish national team, Stanley urges the 76ers front office to sign Cruz immediately, but Vincent is unconvinced. Stanley takes matters into his own hands, paying to bring Cruz to the United States and telling Bo that he'll be signed by the Sixers or enter the draft. At the airport, Bo's detained for an aggravated assault conviction he received in Spain. He's released, but warned he could be deported if he were to be arrested in America. I want to go through this a little quicker because they got very detailed here <laughs> um, the whole plot lines going on there <laughs> yeah so essentially what happens is vince tells stanley he's not interested in Bo cruz um and he's basically doing this because it's stanley he just doesn't like him and um so what stanley and Teresa, his wife do is they decide they'll bankroll him being in america training eating right she fixes like two or three big bags full of healthy meals for him uh Bo has been staying at the hotel he's spent who knows how much money on pringles and and, and philly cheesesteaks and and steak and porn. porn yeah that's what i was going uh, for. <laughs> the, the 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 initial reaction is 
he knows he like he's paying for porn. What? You don't have to pay for that anymore. Um, but he also has this very weird habit. He takes to stay healthy. I guess in his mind, he takes one bite of whatever he's eating, so that he doesn't get fat. Mm-hmm. One Pringle. But you don't get nourishment that way, right? So it doesn't look like it would work. Um, we get a lot of training montages. I think we get two different ones here um, in the movie, and he he goes for a showcase game where he doesn't perform all that well because um, another player, Kermit, who's played by real-life NBA star Anthony Edwards, gets into his head. Um, and apparently he's never dealt with trash-talking in these pickup games that he plays. Which I don't like that, but yeah, that (laughs) it's it's weird. Or maybe no one's done it the way that he's experiencing it here because it's a different culture. So he knows to get his Um, opponent's heads. Yeah. Um, he finally proves himself enough with the help of Doctor J Mm -hmm. to get invited to the combine. And at the combine, he basically gets Kermit on the floor and slams his palm down on the court right next to his head. Mm-hmm. Loses his cool completely. Um, but manages to get into another private, basically, pickup game of sorts and just blows everybody away. Because um, by that point, Stanley has taught him how to control his temper. He's... When he's training him, he'll as he's taking shots and stuff, he'll just say random things about his mom. And Hilarious. His, and, and all this. <laughs> just to get a reaction. And he learns to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. Um, he ends up... We, we get to the end of the movie. And he has gotten signed. Uh, you're The way they do this slow lead up, you're expecting... You know, Stanley's an assistant coach now. He's, he's made it. Because... Uh, Vince Vincent's sister has taken over the team. Yeah, she was on the board he already... and had a minor role, but yeah. Um, so she's taken over the team. She hires Stanley as a assistant coach. Doc Rivers is the is the coach of the of the Sixers, just like in real life. And um, blanking on the Boston coach's name. Oh, I could Brad. Tell Brad. It's, it's Brad something. Why can I not I'm remember? Find it. I'll find it for you. Um. Anyway. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. So they're doing this long walk down the hallway. It's like his triumphant exit from the tunnel as this assistant coach, his dream job. And you're expecting that they're going to come out and they're on the Sixers bench, right? Are going to be the players. And there's going to be Bo Cruz. But he comes out, and Bo Cruz is a Celtic. Mm-hmm. Which they hinted at during that pickup game. They did. They did. Brad Stevens said, you know, hey, he could be the mm-hmm. the winning piece or something like that. Um, and it, it turns out that – because it's all – it's sportsmanship, and it's competitive. Mm-hmm. And so as, uh, as Stanley goes back over to the bench, the players are getting ready to go out on the court, and he uh, – he gives uh, one of his guys, I can't remember which player it was, he gives them the uh, the breakdown on Bo Cruz. So He's like, great. If he, 
if he goes right, he wants to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And if he goes left, he's going to pull back. Right. That's so and good. It's, yeah. It's just great. It's it's a really fun movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really understand the R rating on it. I mean, they, they cussed I, a couple times and said some things about his mom. But other than that, I was like, eh, I didn't really see the R rating for this one. Yeah, I mean... Surely it wasn't because they mentioned porno. Right. It might just been just because of the language, but probably because they want to use a lot more f bombs than PG thirteen gives you. I mean, I guess the it was very slight violence, mm-hmm. right? Like it was mainly just knocking people around on the basketball yeah. court. There wasn't there wasn't really any violence there. Uh, well, you know, you did have some nudity. Oh, uh, uh, right at the beginning. There's the pool scene yeah. when uh, uh, Stanley and uh, uh, I, I can't ever think of his Leon. Leon. When when they're at they're over in I don't think they're in Spain are I they at that point? Uh, Germany. Germany. Germany and there's, or Greece, one of the two. There's a bunch of people around the pool, and and you see a couple of topless women. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of they're not front and center. Right. But they're, side. they're there. Yeah. And um, so that's probably what got him the R combined with everything else. <laughs> Still, I mean, aside from that one scene, I don't see anything that would keep a a teenager for sure from, right. from watching this. I mean, it's it's entertaining. It's got a lot of NBA stars in it, mm-hmm. uh, past and present. And um, another home run for Adam Sandler here. Yeah, I this think this is a film, really good one. I'd have to go four stars on this. I did. If I get a three and a half, if I could have done 3.75, I would have. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. The end kind of fell apart for me. Like the mm-hmm. the pickup game in particular. Like they had this whole big thing and then they did the pickup game. And I was like, we didn't really have any resolution to to everything. Like uh, Kermit was still there and he didn't even trash talk him. So I think he did like once. And that was just kind yeah. of it. I was like, well, okay. And well, he kind of dominated, so I guess they yeah. thought. They thought that was him shutting him up maybe. But I thought it was really yeah. good. I really did enjoy it, though. I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of the cameos were a lot of fun to point out and uh, and see. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, Bo, the guy who plays Bo Cruz, he plays for the Utah Jazz now. He's a real-life basketball uh-huh. player. And you couldn't, yeah. I mean, you couldn't tell uh, by any means. Uh, the Queen Latifah was a lot of fun. Did That was a very yeah. weird wife and husband choice, but Adam Sandler was probably like, I really want to work with her, and he did. So I really enjoyed it, and I wonder if we'll do a hustle too. I doubt it. but I don't, I mean, I don't know where they would go with it. That's true. Unless he became a college coach. Right. And had to recruit a kid that was – or the whole team or something like that I mean that's what he loves basketball Adam Sandler does and that's what he's always doing and to see him make a movie that he loved I I really enjoyed it one of the main co-stars in Uncut Gems was Kevin Garnett Mm -hmm. so um, betting on basketball games too mm -hmm. I would not mind a part two with this if it was done right, I mean, yeah, they, they'd have to do make, it right. Don't make it just to make it. Don't make it just because I said so. Okay, guys. <laughs> um, next week, 
we're going to review Elvis. So, um, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I think I saw the first trailer January or February. Mm. I think. So it's got a eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes so far, from critics. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. It's 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 getting a lot of love mm. for sure. Um. So. Really interested to see this film. It's gotten the the thing that gets me excited about it is the family is all about it. Mm-hmm. Like they've seen it multiple times at these different premieres around because they did a premiere in Australia, one in Memphis. I wish we could have gone to the one in Memphis because I heard that yeah. was a real fun big party style thing. So yeah, uh, Tom Hanks is in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna be. It's gonna be really. Uh, it's gonna be a good one. Really interesting. I did see a, a interview that the guy that plays Elvis, Austin Butler, mm-hmm. did, and he basically did this for three years because of COVID. It was like mm-hmm. a elongated stretch, and so he kept using the accent for three years. I love method actors to to the point that he can't. He finds himself slipping into it now. Mm-hmm. And not able to completely I mean, get out of it. It's a hard thing to break away from, you know. Yeah. So, so I'm really curious to see how it how it turned out myself. Um, on to the news. Knives Out sequel has officially been titled Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery. Now, before we started recording, I asked you if this might have a Beatle connection because right. one of the Beatles songs from the White Album was Glass Onion. I've also heard what what they used to call glass onions were the glass knobs on coffins. Hmm. That they resembled small oh. onions. And they make you cry. So, yeah. <laughs> so I but there's nothing that either of us could find to insinuate that it has a connection. So it'd be interesting if it did. Maybe Ringo or Paul pop up in the movie or right. in a cameo. Beatles song starts playing somewhere. <laughs> uh, next up, from the Hollywood Reporter's Boris Kit. This is interesting. Really interesting and maybe mm. really odd. Joker 2. Lady Gaga in early talks to join Joaquin Phoenix, Todd Phillips in musical sequel. Um... She would play, if the deal is struck, she would play Harley Quinn. I mean, so, The Joker was an okay movie. Uh, the Joker 2, you know, we talked about last week. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, that, that seems all right. Would I go in theaters to see it? Uh, maybe, as of last week. This week, I'm not that big of a musical fan. And I'm like, ah, I can pass on this one. Here, here's the thing. I know a lot of people are immediately going to go now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And the only thing that really concerns me is the musical direction of a film like this. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, as somebody who enjoyed Sweeney Todd when it came out, yeah, I, I could see it being in that same sort of vein. Uh, 
and after especially after her turns on American Horror Story and A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna discount Lady Gaga here. No, yeah, we'll no. I know she's a great actress. I just I don't know if yeah. uh Joker Two musical is really what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> I think though, if you look at the Joker as Joaquin Phoenix played it, to have her as a Harley Quinn could really be interesting right i just don't know about the musical version of this i i don't i think that's the hit or miss part i I don't really take issue with the casting at all it's turning it into a musical right it's gonna be interesting it could work (laughs) it could fall flat who knows um per tom hardy on his Instagram, the Venom 3 script is now underway. Uh, now, you've seen, all of them. Morbius. <laughs> you, you've seen Morbius. Do we get anything about Venom there? Because no, I nothing in like a couple offhand comments about San Francisco and right. Venom. So, yeah. I mean, everything you, everything you know about it is in the trailer. So, like when he says, I am Venom. And that was that. And then he said, like, the, you know, whatever happened, the, the Fed say something about whatever happened in San Francisco. It's kind of like that. And that, that was it. And I was like, I was expecting a little bit more. But yeah. we didn't even really get a lot of Spider-Man references. We got more Spider-Man references in the trailer than we did the show, the movie. So I'm really curious if I just don't I don't like this division. Because you've got Marvel developing Blade. Mm-hmm. And it would seem this would be a great time with Morbius to mm-hmm. kind of have something. But Morbius bombed us. If I'm Kevin Feige, I don't want to touch it. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with uh, it. No, not not anything. Just we'll do our own thing over mm-hmm. here. You all keep screwing up and we'll keep doing what we're doing. Right. And, and we'll talk Feige here in a minute. But... Um, I I feel like because of that whole thing, we're losing it. It's just, it's just like with Universal having the rights to The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. and he can't have his own movie Which unless they're horrendous. involved. Yeah, and so we're losing out on getting a Mark Ruffalo solo project because of that. Mm-hmm. Just write a, It's Disney. Slide a blank check across the table and go, here, fill it in. Right. How much is it going to cost? Because we'll pay it. We're... we're We're getting our uh, properties back. All right. From comicbook.com's Nathaniel Braille. This was really interesting. Mm -hmm. This this is kind of Captain American star Chris Captain America star Chris Evans admits he already misses Marvel appearances. Uh, Chris Evans officially passed the Captain America torch over to Anthony Mackie during the finale of Avengers Endgame. Mackie has since appeared as the character in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series on Disney+, Plus, but fans are already hoping Evans could return in the role. Evans is rumored to appear in an upcoming Marvel Studios project as Steve Rogers, but nothing official has been announced, and the actor has since denied the reports. Although it seems unlikely the actor could return in the role, he has revealed he really misses appearing in Marvel Studio projects. Here is his quote. You know it's different. It's different. For 10 years, you always have a movie around the corner. For 10 years, it's always you finish one and your life is scheduled by, okay, six months we have press, 
six more months, we start up on the next movie. To kind of have open waters, there's parts of it that are nice, and there are parts of it that I really, really miss, because it was a role that meant a lot to me, and I love those people. And you know it'll be the best 10 years of my professional life without any question forever. Hmm. Um, it's, let's see, he was asked about returning and said, that seems to be something people would like to see. However, he's not exactly eager to jump back into the role despite the fan demand. He said, I don't want to disappoint anybody, but it's tough to, it was such a good run and I'm so happy with it. It's so precious to me. It would have to be perfect. It just would be scary to rattle something that is, again, so, so dear to me. That role means so much to me. So to revisit it, it would be a tall order. Now, he was asked, and I don't think it's in this piece. It's not. There's another piece where he was asked about the fan speculation of him returning as Johnny Storm. And mm -hmm. he said, now, that would be a lot more... I don't know if he said possible, but that's something say? he would be much more yeah. open to. Um, I I kind of feel what he's saying about Captain America. You yeah. close the book. And it's I think it's important to say that he's rumored to be slated for a return as Steve Rogers. Right. So we could get the older Steve Rogers again in a scene. Or I mean movie. it could be a what if series with just his voice again yeah i mean so we're really thinking we're gonna see him in multiverse of madness and we didn't so. we we could even get a younger version of him though if uh if they do something centering around peggy carter that's true uh we could see him in a scene or two with her yeah because that's not without... captain america it would just be steve Rogers. Right. Mm. yep so but I wouldn't mind seeing him come back in some way, shape, or form as Johnny Storm. Mm. They Maybe won't they do it as they won't do it as the main one because unless they do it in another universe. Right. Make everybody come back and do their roles again twenty years later. Mm -hmm. They have to get Jessica Alba. I'd be okay with it. <laughs> I don't think she's doing anything right now. <laughs> Michael Chiklis is the thing. Um all right. So the final news item from Cameron Bonomolo uh, from comicbook.com. Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige reveals details on the MCU's next big saga coming soon. Feige says, Phase 4 of the MCU is nearly at an end, but the next saga is just beginning. After concluding the Infinity Saga, the 23 films, that's insane, 23 <laughs> 23 films spanning 2008's Iron Man, culminating in 2019's Avengers Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home, the multiverse has opened, with the MCU sprawling across both theaters and television screens in such universe-expanding series as Disney's Loki, unleashing multiversal mischief in Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Feige teases the upcoming Phase 5, the rumored Secret Wars saga. As we're nearing the end of Phase 4, I think people will start to see where this next saga is going, Feige told Total Film. I think there have been many clues already that are at least apparent to me of, of where this whole saga is going. Of course they're apparent to you, buddy. <laughs> you're, you're planning the roadmap. <laughs> yeah. 
The teased end game is Secret Wars, inspired by the 2015 comic book crossover of the same name, where a multiversal war and cosmic events called incursions threaten the destruction of entire universes. Marvel is hinted at the direction of this next phase with the arrival of He Who Remains, Loki's Jonathan Majors, who will return as the Time Lord Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, and the looming perils of incursions in Doctor Strange 2. Feige teased, we'll be a little more direct about that in the coming months to set a plan so audiences who want to see the bigger picture can see a tiny, tiny, tiny bit more of the roadmap. Um, then they mentioned that they will have a presence at San Diego Comic-Con, but are expected to hold off on major announcements till the D23 Expo. I think that's when we'll um, see um, September 10th. what he's talking about, the tiny, tiny bits. I think yeah. that's when we'll see it. On my birthday. It's, okay. It's it, it's kind of like we we mentioned earlier. I I don't doubt Secret Wars is coming. We just don't know if that's the big event or if that's a step right in to getting to the, the big saga. event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much they could do. There's so many groups that they've laid the foundation for. They still haven't officially laid the foundation for the X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, they have possibly started to uh, lay the foundation for mutants. They haven't explicitly stated that. Um, we know we're getting a Fantastic Four movie. There's so many properties. It just the big question is how big is is this volume mm-hmm. of the MCU going to be? Because the first one had three phases. We're still in the first phase of this. Right. Well, not really any big hands. Right. The first one spent, what, 11, 11 or 12 calendar years? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and now they have the Disney Plus shows. Right. As a way to give us more content. So. Wow. Always got I'm a plan, curious man. where it. I'm <laughs> curious. I I would love to see his office, because there's got to be a huge, like whiteboard on a wall or a huge screen where he's just he's got, got all everything on up. it. He's got people that does it now, I'm sure. But I don't know. He points. seems like he'd be pretty hand on hands on. He's probably got the next fifty years of MCU content mapped out. I wouldn't doubt it. No. He's got people, too, that I'm sure fact-check him. And he's like, this is what we want to do. Here's what we've already mentioned. Let's make it happen. So. Yeah. All right, releases this week. Three good ones. Uh, one drops on Netflix. That's The Man from Toronto on June 24th, which I believe stars Kaylee Cuoco. Yes. Um, and then we've got two in cinemas. We've already mentioned Elvis. Check it out. And another one to check out that looks really interesting. Tyler, I think, would love this movie. The Black Phone. I want to watch it. I really do want to watch it. Just once a daytime from the comfort of my own home. So Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it. Like Chris Killian said, it's really fantastic, even to the point that he's bought the book that's based on. They said it's I wonder good. who made that. Which, which streaming service we'll get it on. Mm. Black Phone streaming eventually yes it will. i'm sure it will be i shall know when 
wonder who's doing it. Mm, I, they don't say. But they don't say. No. I don't want to wait for it either. We might have to yeah, wait until uh, October for our haunting review. Yeah, I mean, that's that's possible. Let's see. Um, did they not? They don't say anything. Universal. Uh, so, no. <laughs> Universal. Peacock. Uh, I've got Peacock. Look, don't talk like that. That's a family show here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we blew past that when we start doing the boys. <laughs> yeah. Actually, next week. Right. All right, Chris. Video games. You hinted earlier. What is the game you've been playing? I decided to dip into Sid Meier's Civilization VI. Mm. Um, I pointed you toward blogging through history and his gaming channel, and this is the kind of game that that he plays. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's played this exact game, but there's not a lot of those types of games on console. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are PC based because they're so RTS games. Uh, yeah, they're so graphic heavy and and everything. So, uh, in fact, it's I'm really wanting to scratch that itch playing stuff like Hearts of Iron Four. So I'm thinking now that I've lined up my next job that I might buy a PC. Mm, starting investing little by little into it. It's it's yeah. addicting. I need to upgrade mine, but. I don't ever play anything. I think this is the most I do on it is record the podcast and watch Netflix. So, (laughs) um, I have been playing and finished persona five Royal. It's only taken me five years, but you know, with it being backlog season, not a lot of holding games out. I decided to go back and take them all out. Now this game has, it quickly earned, um, it's in my top five, five, five favorite video games of all time. Just a phenomenal story. I think I platinumed it and everything, finished it with, I think it was 87 hours of gameplay. So, which is a lot. <laughs> but it's a big game. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it for everybody who's an RPG or JRPG fan. So That's a lot until you've played Assassin's Creed Valhalla and then you're like, yeah, I forget. Oh, that. I put 100 hours in that one already. I think that's it. They So, I didn't have it here in the news story. But the the fifteenth anniversary Assassin's Creed stream was this past week as well, and the reason I didn't put anything in it is because it didn't really give us anything like at all. They said come back, you know, they're adding little add-on things and little uh, community challenges, but they're not doing anything crazy with it. And they said come back in September, we'll reveal what's next for uh, the Assassin's Creed series. Right. And it was like maybe a six-minute video, so I'm like, okay, so we're doing an announcement video for an announcement. Didn't, didn't really yeah. make a whole lot. They got another couple of free yeah. updates coming to Valhalla. But I'm like, it's it's all um, God-related. So I'm like, um, this is not what I want. I don't want any more yeah. mythological stuff. I want to play it. But So we'll get there eventually. But yeah. there was an anniversary stream that made some big waves this week. And it's the Final Fantasy 25th anniversary stream. I'm going to SquareEnix.com by Duncan Heaney for all the announcements here. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth announced, which is essentially part two. The second game of the Final Fantasy VII Remake project has officially been revealed. It's called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The short teaser RPG showed Cloud and Sephiroth traversing an area that's sure to be thrillingly familiar to fans of the original game. So, then they had Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion announced. Now, here's a 25th anniversary present for fans. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. 
uh, hasn't been made. The game was a PlayStation Portable original, and it has not been touched or done anything with since. And it got a full upgrade system. I will be playing it. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrades on Steam. Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier is a Season 3. It's a mobile game. And I think that was the biggest. And they showed off some merchandise and things you could buy. But those were like the biggest things that came out. Capcom had a stream this week as well. Didn't really have anything crazy exciting with it. So I didn't even include it in the news. But I think the biggest news that I saw that like immediately interested me this week was the uh, Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone back and they've... Oh yeah, they're, they're completely re- redoing it. And that comes Re- out yeah. potentially later this year. And but also part eight, mm-hmm. if uh, if you liked it, you can now play it in third person. Third person, and they're doing a spinoff game. Of, it's kind of spoilerly at the end of eight. You've seen the playthroughs of eight, right? Yeah. Okay. So like the, his daughter is getting her own game. And don't know if it's supposed to be like a short game, long game. We don't know yet, but. It looks decent. I mean, I might play it. I never, I enjoy watching the playthroughs of like people like in you know, Alana Pierce, things like that, more than I enjoy playing it. It's just because I don't, I, again, I'm not a big horror guy. So it takes right. a little bit out of the horror out of me, out of it for me, but that's fun. Notable to you release. You see other people get scared. Yeah, I, I like that because, you know, and I don't know to, you know, I don't have to be watching it the whole time. I get pay attention to the story. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Noble new releases this week. Elder Scrolls Online High Isle for all the consoles besides Switch, June 21st. Fall Guys comes free. And it also comes to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Switch, June 21st. Planet Zoo Conservation Pack PC for June 21st. Naraka Blade Point for the Xbox Series and Xbox One comes on Game Pass and to the console, June 23rd. Sonic Origins comes out on everything, June 23rd. Capcom Fighting Collection, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, June 24th. And Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes on Switch on June 24th as well. Um, Naraka Blade Point, I'm going to dip my toe in this week. And then Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, I'm also dipping my toe in this week. So, should have some fun new things to talk about for that as well. Uh, but everybody, thank you so much for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Social media, you can follow Nerdwide on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at Ty underscore Haynes. And you can follow Chris at MattFTN7. On Facebook, go into the search bar, search nerdwide.com. will be the first thing that pops up with our logo. Uh, Twitter and Facebook are how you can find out when our episodes get first posted onto the podcasting services. And that's how you can find out when we have a new episode up. But guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. And we cannot wait to see you next week because we've got to have some fun with Elvis and Herogasm. We'll see you then. Thank you guys. 